Wonderful. Let's look tonight in Isaiah 53 and ask you to pray for us tonight. And we're going to continue preaching from this text on the cross and the way of the cross. And, and uh, we need to draw near the cross. And, and the old song says, Jesus, keep me near the cross. And um, as children of God, we need to stay near it and be reminded of all that it is and all that it was for us. And, and, and as I said, as we preach, I want us to look at this and, and see the application between His cross and our cross. Um, we're going to have to carry a cross as well if we're going to follow Him. And do um, and, uh, you know there's just a cross, there's a cross for every Christian, and it has our name on it, and I can't carry it for you, and you can't carry it for me. We all have to get under it and carry it for ourselves. And uh, just as much good come from Jesus um, carrying His cross, much good can come from us carrying ours. And um, I want to say tonight, I love the Lord. And um, of all the things He's done for me, He's never done anything greater than what He did on the cross for me. And there's been a lot of people in my life who've been real good to me and my family. And they've done a lot of kind things for us and, and things that I, I never could imagine that people would even do. But no one has ever cared for me like Jesus. And I thank the Lord for what He's done for us. This time of the year, as we change seasons, we leave winter, we go to spring, and we celebrate Easter and the resurrection of the Lord. This is a holy time. And, uh, and we need to make sure that we really get the reason for it all. Let's look here in Isaiah 53. and. You've been sitting for a little while, so why don't you stand if you could, if you're willing and able. We'll just read several verses here. <clears throat> Beginning in verse number 1. Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised. And rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet did we esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before shears is dumb. So he openeth not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? He was cut off out of the land of the land of the living, for the transgressions of my people was he stricken. He was he made his grave with the wicked, and with the rich in his death, because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Let's pray, Father. I ask you tonight to help me as I try to be a help to these thy people. Lord, I pray tonight that you'd fill me with thy Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that you would allow me for a little while, Lord, not to see the faces of these that are here, but I pray that you would allow me to stand in the shadows of the cross and see my lovely Lord and Savior as He dies for my sin. And I pray tonight that it would be as vivid and as real as it's ever been in my heart and my mind. And I pray that you would make it as real and as vivid in the hearts of those that are here. 
And I pray that we would not yawn and we would not, Lord, look at the clock, but I pray for a little while we'd forget about everything else. And Lord, we'd hear Him as He died for our sins. And we'd see Him, Lord, we'd look upon Him. And Lord, that we'd stand in amazement at what He did for us. Lord, I pray now You'd help me. Lord, there's no greater subject a man can preach than this. And I'm, more totally unable to do so without Your help. I'm trusting You now for Your guidance and for Your strength. For it's in Jesus' name I ask it. Amen and amen. I want to continue tonight preaching on the way, the way of the cross. And I'm glad tonight that I'm going to heaven by the way of the cross. When we get there, it's not going to matter. It, it's, it's not your, what you did for the Lord as far as uh, office you held in the church or a, a work you did for Him. That's not what's going to get you in heaven. It's going to be the cross of Jesus Christ. And I'm glad tonight that there is room at the cross for all of us. And the old song says, there's ground is level at the foot of the cross. I'm glad the rich, the poor, the educated, the uneducated, the wise, the unwise, anybody and everybody can come and find salvation at the cross of Jesus Christ. Last week we looked at the man on the cross. The man on the cross. And as I said then, I'll say again now, he was not the first man and he was not the last man. We know by Bible history and church history that after the cross, even some of his own disciples were crucified. But there was one difference between the Lord and everyone else. He was an innocent man, dying not for his crimes, but for the crimes of others. And oh, listen tonight, I want you to know that on that cross, Jesus was God's sacrifice for sin. Listen, it was more than just, uh, 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 this is more than just a martyr. He wasn't dying as a martyr. He wasn't dying for a noble cause. But this man was dying, listen, he was dying in the perfect will of God on the cross. You know, I've been meditating on this and thinking about this. And, and you know, it's amazing to me that Jesus was willing to go to the cross in order to stay in the will of God. And I want to say tonight, how much am I willing to hurt? How much are we willing to hurt? How much are we willing to sacrifice in order to stay in the will of God? Verse number three, I want us to look tonight quickly. We're going to look at, not only, we said the man on the cross, but tonight I want us to look at the misery that came out of the cross. They say that the, the Roman, the Roman, the, 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 the Roman people, were masters of torture. They were a, a, a rough type of people. They, I, I mean, and, and the cross, the crucifixion of someone, it was, it was something they invented to cause people to suffer. And, and you know tonight, if, if we were to think in our, in our day, in our time, there's really nothing that, that we can compare to the cross. Uh, you know, and I do thank God that uh, in some ways when it comes to the judicial system and things, that, that things have uh, uh, developed better. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, when it comes to, in, in their day and time, we have Jesus in the same day. He was accused falsely, tried falsely, and crucified all at one time. So it's hard for us to really contemplate. It's hard for us to really uh, understand and grasp the pain, the misery, uh, the torment that came from that cross. 
We have a word in our English language called excruciate. It's a Latin, it comes from a Latin word and it means out, X out of the cross. If you think of the worst pain that you have ever felt, physically speaking, if you thought of the worst uh, 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 torment you've ever felt in your body uh, and, and you were to try to multiply it over and over again, you and I uh, would not begin to even understand the pain that he felt that day. And oh, listen, it's amazing that uh, while he was on earth, he didn't hurt anybody. He didn't hurt anybody. He had the power. He could have hurt everybody. But yet he was kind. In fact, in the book of Acts, they said it like this. He went about doing good. Everywhere he went, he was nice and kind and saw. He didn't listen. He was not rough on people and hard on people and mean towards people. He was the kindest and gentlest man who ever lived on this earth. Yet those evil men took him in their evil hands and laid him on a cross and nailed him there and caused him as the Lamb of God to suffer like no one else has suffered. You and I, we have pain that we bear. We have, we have, torn, we have things that we have to feel. But we need to be reminded that the, the, the misery that he endured for us was greater than anything we'll ever understand. In verse number 3, I want you to see this. The Bible says in the latter part, and we hid, as it were, our faces from Him. He was despised, and we esteemed Him not. I want to say a word about the misery of His betrayal. He was betrayed. And the Bible says that said we hid, as it were, our faces from Him. I looked that up and, and, and there's different ideas on this, but putting all the pieces together, I, I believe what, what the, if you, if you study those words and the, and, 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 and the tense and all, it's as if they look the other way. It, it's like, you know, you and I, and I'm guilty and you, and, and maybe you're, you're probably, I know you're better than I, but have you ever been somewhere and I was up there in town today and there was a man holding a sign and I knew, I didn't even, I didn't want to look. I didn't want to look. I knew what it was wanting something. He was needing something. And I just kind of looked the other way. Have you ever done that? Have you ever been in a big town somewhere on vacation going through Atlanta or something? And uh, I remember we had an old, old, uh, an old, 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 Oldsmobile. Yeah, it was an old Oldsmobile. White station wagon. And uh, it had power locks on. I don't know how it had power but it had them big ones. You know what I'm talking about? They stuck up about that high. And, and daddy, we'd be driving through somewhere and it'd start getting a little sketchy and he'd go to hitting that, hitting that, hitting that button. Boom, 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 button's locked. But have you ever been somewhere and you've seen something and you just kind of look the other way? That's what it means. They look the other way. What, what's the worst? Can you imagine if someone that you knew, someone you loved was in peril, was in danger, and you, and you, were, you walked by them and you just turned your head and acted like, how awful was that? And there Jesus is on the cross bleeding and dying. And the Bible says we hid as it were our faces from Him. Oh, they looked the other way. Now listen, He never looked the other way on them. 
In fact, he gave a parable in the gospel according to Luke about that good Samaritan and how the, the Levite come by. And what he do? He passed by on the other way, on the other side of the road. And they, and they, and they all come by. And they, they went on the other side of the road. But then that Samaritan came. And he didn't walk on the other side of the road. He came on the side where that man was. He had been stripped and beaten and left for dead. And he got him and he loaded him up on his ass and, and took him to an inn and, and, and nurtured him and loved him. And that's what Jesus did. Amen. But yet in his die, in dying hours, this is what he saw. He saw everybody looking the other way. He was betrayed. He was betrayed. Have you ever had uh, someone that you really loved and you was really... You had a lot of confidence in and then you got into a certain situation or you had a, t- a time in your life and you looked to them and they looked the other way. Now can you imagine as he was betrayed, and the Bible says this, and we esteem him not. Matthew 26, 45, it says, Then cometh he to his disciples and saith unto them, Sleep on now and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand. And the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Jesus never hid from others when they needed Him. But in His dying hour, in His dying moments, when He needed somebody who would be willing to stand by Him and stand for Him, they fled, they ran, and they turned their faces away from Him. He was betrayed. I want to say tonight, where was the widow of Nain? Where was the widow of Nain? Whose son He had raised from the dead. Where was old Lazarus? Where was he at? Where was that maniac of Gadara uh, that Jesus had set free? Where was that man? Where was the woman with the issue of blood 12 years uh, that touched it? Where was she at? Uh, Where was Jairus and his little girl that Jesus had raised from the dead? Where were they? Where were the 5,000 that he fed with the loaves and fishes? Brother David, 5,000, they could have took him off that hill and taken him somewhere else. But where were they? They were hiding from him. The word esteem, it means, when it says they esteem them not, it means means this. It, It says... What the definition I came up with, it means they deemed him not worthy of their attention. And you know what's sad? It's people today are still esteeming him not. They don't want they don't think he's worthy of their attention. I mean, we can give our attention to this and give our attention to that and give our attention over here and give our attention over there. And, 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 and I've heard people say, well, I just got to give my kid, you know, I, I, I'm really just focused on my children. And, uh, and listen today, the sad thing is 2,000 years later, people are still hiding their faces from them and they're still esteeming them not. Betrayal. Betrayal. Have you ever confided in someone and they betrayed your trust? Have you ever, have you ever, just this week I had someone call me, I'm not going to, anyway, long story short, uh, 
I, I, I don't want to go into detail, but they were they were going they were having they were they, it was a difficult time. They wanted to talk to me, and and this person, this particular person, I mean, I don't know of anybody that's, that's done more uh, as far as betraying others than they. And the first thing they said was, "Please don't tell anybody. Please don't. Please don't betray me. Please don't." And, and you know, I, I'm I, listen. My flesh, my flesh wanted to say, "Well, why didn't you think about that before?" But you know, I couldn't do that. I can't do that. And please God. And why can't I do that? Because Jesus didn't do that. How did he handle betrayal? Did he retaliate? Did he seek to get vengeance? No. You know what he done? He went on loving. John 13, 1, it says he loved them unto the end. Unto the end. Brother David, I believe when he heard and saw Peter... Uh, cursing him by the day. I believe he loved Peter as much then as that day he found him out there on that boat. I believe he loved Judas when Judas kissed him on his cheek and betrayed him and, and handed him over for 30 people. I believe he loved Judas as Jesus went out and hung himself. I believe Jesus loved him to the very last second he lived. I'm saying this way of the cross. Is, I, you, I, hope y'all, I hope you understand. It's really hit home to me. Is if we're going to be Christians, then we're going to have to learn to handle betrayal the way Jesus did. How did Jesus handle it? He gave it to His Father. He said, Father, forgive them. How do we pray? Father, kill them. Father, put a knot on their head. Father, give them flat tires and a blowed up motor. Make the refrigerator, make the roof leak, make all their bills come in late. Father, take their job. Listen, that's how we think. But if we're going to be like Jesus, we're going to have to have the same spirit and say, Lord, they've hurt me, but I love them anyhow. And I want you to forgive them. I want you to have mercy on them. He was betrayed. His betrayal. Measuring his betrayal. Now I thought about this in verse 4. It says, He hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. In verse 6 it says, The Lord hath laid on Him the iniquity of us all, misery in His betrayal. Now this is all before you even get to the cross. Misery in His burden. He bore our griefs. And He carried our sorrows. And the Lord laid on Him, verse 6, the iniquity of us all. 1 Peter 2, 24, who is His own self bear our sins in His own body on the tree. Think about this. The burden He carried. It was a heavy burden. Now, can you remember before you got saved? And can you remember the burden of sin? Oh, it's hard. The Bible says the way of the transgressor is hard. And oh, I, I, I can remember even as a young boy, I can remember those long, that time in my life where I struggled and I had doubts and wondered. And I thought I was saved. I wanted to be saved, but I didn't know if I was saved. And I knew I made a profession. I knew I'd been baptized. And everybody thought I was saved. And, what? and that burden, that heavy, I remember getting up in the night and going and, and, look, and knocking on my mom and dad's door and, and going in there and making sure they were still in bed because I thought the rapture had come. I can remember that burden. And, but thank God I can remember when Jesus 
Jesus took the burden away at an old-fashioned altar uh, when he saved my soul. But think about the burden of sin you carried and think about the burden of sin of everybody in this room. Can you imagine trying to carry that burden just of the people in this room tonight? Now think about this. Think about carrying... I don't believe in the limited atonement, by the way. I don't believe in that. I believe, in un, I believe He died for all. Because the Bible says He died for all. And I believe the Bible, but anyway. But imagine all the people who have ever lived, whoever would live. Brother Justin, he went all the way back to Adam in the garden. And he took his burden. And he went all the way to the future, to the last one that will ever live. And he took their burden. And he carried that on his body. He bore, he bore our sins in his body on the tree. I'm saying over there, uh, when Joshua and the children of Israel uh, went across the Jordan River. You know the Jordan River speaks of death. Right? And, and the Bible says that when Joshua stepped out, that the waters rolled all the way back to Eden. All the way back to Eden. Now you can take that have you, but I believe there's a picture there. I believe that's a, there's a type there of Jesus when he went on the cross. He took his, his foot and stepped out into death. And when he did it, he took the sins of all mankind and carried that upon him. Listen to me tonight, the misery in that burden. Think about the heaviness that was upon him as he stood there. And that word bore, it doesn't mean just to stand under. It means to carry away. <laughs> it means not only to hold it, but you know, you, I could probably stand here and hold a lot of weight in one place. But if you were to say to take it from here to there, it'd be a different story. The other day, Brother Randy, he's not here, I wish he was. But he called me, he said, I need some help tomorrow. Can you help me? I knew it was going to be bad. If Brother Randy calls for help, you better believe it's real because he don't want help from nobody. And we went to, and I like that. I like the fact he's that way. He gets him in some trouble sometimes, but we went up there to Murray and we walked up this old antique house and it had a staircase about that wide, honestly. I had to go sideways just to go up the stairs. And there, up there, there was a sink. I mean, it was like, Eight foot wide this way, about two foot that way. I thought, a sink, you know, <coughs> this ain't going to be hard. But it wasn't just any sink. It was a cast iron. Randy said, I think, man, you can get it. I said, all right. And, uh, and me and him got under, under each end, and we got it up off the ground. And we took about two steps, and we let it go. We dropped it. Long story short, we got that out, but we was coming down the steps, and of course I had to be the man on the down the the bad side, the bad end, the business end of the sink, you know. And uh, and every time it come down step, I'd feel that. And, and Lord's my witness, I thought about this and, and the cross, and I thought about how heavy that little sink was. Uh, but can you imagine how heavy have the sins of all mankind, every lie that was ever told, every evil thought, every murder, every wicked deed was laid on the shoulders of Jesus Christ but he didn't just carry it he didn't just carry it brother David he carried it away amen he carried it away the old song says gone gone yes my sins are gone thank God he didn't just stand under my sin but he took it and walked out into eternity and cast it out in the sea of God's forgiveness the burden the misery and his burden 
Listen, he was under the weight of the world. If we're going to walk in this way, then there's burdens we're going to have to carry as well. Listen, if I really want to be like Jesus, then I must be willing to get under somebody else's burden. He said He bore our griefs and our sorrow. So I'm saying this this, this evening and this burden tonight, I wonder, do we really have a burden? The old timers where I come from, the old men, when they'd stand and preach, they'd pray, and they'd almost say it every time, Lord, let me preach with a burden. Let me preach with a burden. And listen, we need to sing with a burden and preach with a burden and live with a burden and pray with a burden and study with a burden and live with a burden. And listen, when it gets heavy, we need to remember the burden He carried. And that'll give us strength to carry it. Most of us, we're more burdened about our own needs and our own wants and our own desires than anybody else. I tell you what will happen. If you'll get under a burden for somebody else, somebody else will get under a burden for you. And isn't that what the Bible told us to do? It told us, does not the Bible tell us to bear one another's burdens? Listen to me. And I'm this this is so anti-current culture. You understand? The current world, this is almost, people, you say stuff like this and they think it's almost a joke, but this ain't no joke. If we want to be like Christ, then we have to be willing to take others' burdens upon us and say, yes, I've got things I'm worried about. I've got things I'm praying about, but I'm going to take a burden for them. I'm going to pray for their children to get saved. I'm going to pray for their marriage to be mended. I'm going to pray for their job to get on promotion. I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to pray that they have their needs met. I'm going to pray that they have their burden. And listen, if we'll get under a burden, I'm glad some people got under a burden for me and carried me. Amen. I'm glad I had a little mama and a daddy and a sister and a church and a preacher and a grandmother who got me on the shoulder and carried me and laid me down at the feet of Jesus. Measuring his burden. But then the misery in his body. Verse 5, he was wounded for our transgressions. Is bruised for our iniquities. And with his stripes, we are healed. Now, when Isaiah wrote this, there was no cat of nine tails. This is the Holy Ghost showing him the cross. The misery in his body. He was wounded. He was bruised. He was striped. The cross was such a painful experience. Listen. That it would cause its victims to long and crave for death. Death is something we try to avoid. It's something we, you understand, that's something we have a, a survival instinct to want to live. But the cross was so painful that it made a person hurt to the point to where they would long and look towards death as a, as a rewarding thing. I thought about the beating they put upon him. Luke 22, verse 63, And the men held Jesus, mocked Him, and smote Him. 
And when they had blindfolded him, they struck him on the face and asked him, saying, Prophesy, who is it that smote thee? They put a blindfold on him and began to hit him in the face. They said, Who hit you? And another one hit him in the face and said, Who hit you? Can you imagine? Have you ever been cold cocked? I mean, blindsided. Have you ever? Amen. I have several times. Unfortunately, in my day, previous life, I was. But, but listen, I don't know. It, Brother David, it's like when you know it's coming, you can brace yourself, you can grit your teeth, you can tighten your jaw, and you can take, but when you're not, when you can't see it coming, and that's exactly what they took and they blinded him. And one of them, and these weren't no measly little built, toast, sissy fied men that were hitting him. These were strong, strapping Roman soldiers. I men that have been in war and battle who had iron fists that would hit him in the face. One man said by the time they got done, his eyes would have been swelled shut. His teeth would have been knocked out of his mouth. His lips would have been closed. And they said, prophesy! Who hits you? Then they scourged him in Matthew 27, 26. They scourged him with the cat of nine tails. Psalms 129, 3, it says, the plowers plowed upon my back. They made long their furrows. The other day I seen some Amish were turning ground and I, and I thought about this. Have you ever seen them Amish work them, them mules and, them, and, they, and Brother David, I know you grew up and them, and them bits on that plow, they dig into that ground and they begin to rip it up and turn it over. That's what Jesus, they said the plowers have plowed his back and who were the plowers? Them Roman soldiers, they took that whip with those nine have strands of leather with glass and bone and metal interwoven into it and they tied them over that whipping post and they tie their hands to their feet and bend them into and they took that cat of nine tails and 39 times across his back and they ripped the flesh from his back and tore his insides and most they said that most men they didn't walk away from this they crawled away the crown of thorns Matthew 27 and 29 they said that those thorns they weren't just any thorns they were long, three, four, five inch. And they said that when they were go, and when that, when them thorns, they had a poison in them. And when that, when them thorns, and they didn't just place it on his head. They took a rod and they beat it down into his head. And when those thorns broke into his head and, then, and, and that poison began to go into his brain, it caused a man uh, to hallucinate. And, it, and they said it caused a splitting headache and migraine and throbbing. I'm saying after they had punched him in the mouth, after they had pulled the skin off his back, uh, now they, played a, uh, they put a crown of thorns on his head. And that wasn't enough for him. They spit in his face. They spit in his face. That wasn't enough. They made him carry his own cross. And then they nailed him to that cross. They nailed him to that cross. When they had placed those nails in their hands and feet, they'd find there is a nerve. If you, I don't, I mean, I'm not no marshal, but I know there is a nerve. If you get somebody right there, you can basically do with them what you want. And there's also one that's right behind your Achilles tendon in your foot. And they said that those soldiers were so good that they knew exactly where that nerve was. And they'd take those nails and they'd put it right on that nerve and they'd mesh it in. And they said they'd do that. That way every time that person moved, those nerves would shoot up their back and in their body. And it hurt every... Have you ever really stumped your toe real good? And you feel it from the bottom of your feet to the top of your head. That's what he dealt with on the cross. The nails... 
Now I said that, the Bible says this in 1 Peter 4.16, Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. If we're going to walk in this way, then we're going to have to suffer some too. I don't believe in this, you know, the Catholic Church teaches them. That may be why I got banned on Facebook for all the time, but that's fine. I'll find out one way or the other. But if we're going to walk in this way, we're going to suffer too. What I was going to say is, I don't believe in this self-beating and all that. That's sad. Have you ever watched them videos of them doing that over there? Crawling up them steps, rubbing them beads together, taking them beads. You know, think about those monks and all. They go and live up in them rocky places up there alone for their whole life and they think, and then they die alone and they go to hell. I'm not talking about self-mutilation. I'm not talking about beating your body, but I'm talking about there's going to be some pain. And you know, I I, I went and saw uh, Miss Dady the other day and I looked at her and I thought, you know, she's hurt more than anybody ought to hurt and she's one of the best kindest, uh, gentlest Christian women I've ever met, but she hurts. And listen, we're going to hurt. It may be some sickness. Uh, It may be some disease. Uh, Listen, it may. Uh, Who knows? But at some point in time, we're going to suffer as well. Uh, Misery in his bosom. The Bible says in verse 11, he shall see the travail of his soul. In verse number, verse number 12, it says he poured out his soul unto death. You can read it in your own time. I wish you would. But Psalms 22 is a messianic psalm. The first words in the first verse is, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? One man said, The Gospels give us the view of the cross from the outside. In Psalms 22, let us see it from the inside. The physical suffering of Christ, as great as it was, pales in comparison to the spiritual pain He felt. For three long hours of darkness, Jesus was under the wrath of God for the sins of mankind. Do you know that God judged sin? Sin has to be judged. And God judged sin in His Son on the cross. Brother David, I can't imagine how he felt as he didn't commit sin, but according to 2 Corinthians 5, 21, he became sin. I believe that's why God turned the lights out. He didn't want people to see him like that. And he became sin. And listen, for three hours in his bosom, his father turned his back on him. And he died in our place. In John 19, 34, it says, But one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side, and forthwith came there out blood and water. They tell me that this, that literally his heart exploded. He died from a broken heart. And I want to say this tonight. If we're going to walk in this way, we need to be ready because we're going to hurt in our bosom. I don't know how, but have you ever had spiritual pain? I mean, soul hurt. And, and, and I, I mean, maybe this sounds crazy, but I'd almost rather hurt physically than hurt spiritually. 
Have you ever, everything's been going good on the outside in your life, but on the inside it was broken to pieces? And what makes it so bad is people don't understand because they can't see it. I want to encourage you with this. The next time your heart's breaking, remember his heart broke. The next time you're in darkness and you're having to live and walk in darkness and there's no light and there's no joy and there's no peace, remember for three hours he hung, listen, he hung in the darkness and died for our sins on the cross. The way of the cross.